If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with your customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's kind of like trying to remember the name of the guy that you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Was it Don? Was it John or Sean? Who knows, right? It's like that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that helps handle frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps your reps anticipate customers' needs. And a full 360 view of every customer so you can go to market and your go-to-market team can have a pulse on the accounts before you try to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale, support, drive retention, and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service, happier customers at every single stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more with your customers today. Welcome to Create Like the Greats, a podcast where I take you into the inner workings of how some of the greatest creators of all time did or do what they do. We study the strategies and techniques that some of the greatest creators are talking about, some of the greatest creators are taking advantage of, so the rest of us can do the same. I'm Ross Simmons, your host and the CEO of Foundation, one of the top content marketing firms in the world, working with some of the biggest names in software. But I'm not here to talk about that. What I'm here to talk about today is how we've been able to grow. One of the key strategies, one of the key levers that have allowed us to get into the rooms of some of the biggest names in software that have ultimately allowed us to unlock new opportunities with new clients, with new people, with brands that for many are dream clients. I'm here to take you a little bit behind the scenes today into my world, my seat, my strategy, and the techniques that I've used as a a creator to generate millions of dollars on the back of blog posts. Specifically, I'm going to talk about today how I wrote one blog post that has generated for foundation over the last two years, more than $1.4 million. This is the type of thing that a lot of people would say you shouldn't talk about online. You shouldn't share all of your secrets. You shouldn't share your tips and tricks on how you've been able to unlock such a significant amount of revenue, but it's worth sharing. It's worth sharing because I believe truly that if you can learn from the lessons that I've applied in my life, in my career, in my business, then it's going to be a win-win for everyone. I always say there's enough for everyone to eat, and I truly do believe that. So today, we're going to be diving into something that I believe can fundamentally change anyone's life. And it all starts with my own early days of content creation. Yes, today I can create a piece of content that generates millions of dollars in revenue. But when I first got started, I didn't exactly have the same reputation that I have today. I didn't have the same service offering that I had today behind me. So when I create a piece of content, I can say, yes, I have a team of 20 plus entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial creators, digital strategists, SEOs, etc. I didn't have the ability to tell that story. But I did have a story to tell. And today I'm going to share with you not only the piece that I created recently that generated $1.4 million in revenue, but also I want to share a piece that opened my eyes to the entire idea that one piece of content, one post, one asset can fundamentally change your life. Let's get into it. The year was probably 2008, maybe 2010. 
maybe 2011. I don't know. Either way, it was a very long time ago. It was when I first got into the internet and I wrote a piece of content that said, this is how you market to millennials. Now you see back in the day when millennials were all the rage, where there was ads speaking specifically to millennials and millennials were being told, oh, you are the coolest thing. You are creating culture. You are shaping culture. You are the future. When millennials were what today are essentially the Gen Z or Gen, I don't know, 2.0, whatever it is. I don't know. The young folks. When It happens every single decade, right? Whoever is between 17 to 25, you're hip. You're cool. All the brands want to align with you. They want to understand you. And the older folks are going to brand you as people who just don't get it that you're too young and you're you're foreign, you're doing things so differently, all of these things, but it's all in many ways just nonsense. This is said every single time. It's just young people being young people at the end of the day. And I wrote a piece of content that wrote about how to market to millennials. And at the time, with millennials being all the rage, being all the hype, the internet loved it. In fact, it caught the attention of someone who was a senior executive working at a consulting company out of Miami. And if they happen to be listening to this, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for finding my piece of content and thank you for reaching out. You might not know this, but that one email that you sent me fundamentally changed the way that I viewed the internet and changed the trajectory of my career. You see, I was only 20-something at the time, probably 22. And I get this email, hi, Ross. We'd love to have you come in to speak with this big brand. I'm not going to say the brand's name here, but let's just say they were a they were in the probably top 10 CPG within their category, maybe top 5, maybe top 3. They're they're huge. And we want you to come in and talk to us about marketing to millennials. Now, living in my parents' basement, I thought this was a scam. I thought, "Oh, this is a joke." But it turned out it was real. I sent them a note back. I was like, send me some details. They were like, yeah, we'll fly you out. We'll put you up in a hotel. We'll cover your flight. We'll cover your travel. We're even going to pay you a snipe in. And you tell us how much it's going to cost for your time to be there. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll charge 700 bucks, 800 bucks. They were like, deal. Because they had other people coming down that they were probably paying 20, 15, 18K for their opinions and their perspectives. And they got me a young person living in their parents' basement who thought, yeah, okay, if I'm charging $800 to fly to Miami, this is an amazing deal. So I ran upstairs and I told my parents, I said, mom and dad, I need to go on this trip. Dad, can I borrow your suit? (laughs) And he agreed. Fast forward, I was in Miami, shaking hands with CMOs, with VPs of marketing, 22 years old, unlocking a new opportunity that I never thought would have even been close to possible. You see, I was at the time trying to find a way to break into marketing. I didn't have an uncle or an aunt to open up a door and say, hey, come and be my intern. Come work for my friend who runs this agency. I was trying to break into the industry. And this allowed me, in many ways, to do exactly that. But that wasn't the end of it. You see, you fast forward and I decided that I was going to make a commitment after this to really continue to create content. Because the light bulbs went off immediately that, if I, a little person who has no no clout in the industry, living in my parents' basement in a small place called Preston, Nova Scotia, was able to create a piece of content 
that connected with a CMO, a VP of marketing, an executive at one of the largest brands in the world. One that I can say with confidence that you have known and you know very well, you've probably consumed slash drank their product. That's as many hints as I'm going to give. This brand wanted to hear from me. Maybe if I create more content, more people will want to hear from me. Maybe if I create more content, more people are going to be interested in what I had to say. So I didn't made myself a challenge. I gave myself a challenge that I was going to produce a piece of content every single week. So for 52 weeks, I did that. I created content nonstop. And some of it was pretty bad. It was mediocre. It was average. But by creating and using that muscle, I built up a skill. Built up a skill on understanding how to tell stories. I built up a skill on how to create the written word. And you fast forward many years, I was able to build up a skill that would eventually allow me to press publish on a piece of content that at the beginning of the pandemic took a company that was in many ways looking around wondering, what in the world are we going to do to survive in a world where I can't go on stage and speak at all of the various marketing events because flights are grounded, you're not allowed to travel, you're not allowed to go anywhere. How in the world are we going to thrive? How are we going to hit our growth goals? Well, I doubled down on content. We as a company doubled down on creating content. So I decided that I was going to go into the market and produce a piece of content that I believed I would have loved to read. I would have enjoyed reading. So that's exactly what I developed. I wrote a piece of content that fundamentally changed the trajectory of foundation's growth, fundamentally changed my career. And I did this over and over and over again. Every single month, we get prospects from people all over the globe, interested in our services, looking to hear about foundation, looking to learn more, hire me to speak at an event, hire me to speak at their conference, hire me to come in and do a coaching session with their senior leadership team on marketing, on growth, on distribution, all because of the pieces of content that live on our blog. One piece, one piece of content has generated $1.4 million for foundation in just a couple of years. And I think I'm underestimating that actual value. I would say it's probably closer to $1.8, maybe $1.9 million exclusively off this blog post. But I can attribute with confidence 100% right now today that it's generated $1.4. Now, how did this happen? How can a piece of content make that much money? Well, I'm going to talk about it. You see, when you create a piece of content, you can create a piece of content with intention or you can create a piece of content with just the gut feeling that this might work. When you create content with intention, meaning you're creating a piece because you know or you feel like this needs to drive a certain thing, you increase your likelihood of being successful because you're creating it with intent. When you're just creating for the sake of creating, you never know what you're going to get. So I created a piece of content called Canva's Backlink Empire. And this piece of content broke records on our website, generated thousands of visits in the matter of hours. It has been shared by some of the top leaders in the marketing community, in the marketing space. It trended on websites like Hacker News, Inbound.org, and so many more. So many different sites shared this site, shared this blog post. It took off. But the reason it took off is more important, more interesting than the actual piece itself. You see, 
There are a few things that contributed to this piece taking off. And it's these things that we've replicated and applied to additional content assets that we've created. And I call them assets intentionally because I do view blog posts as assets. Now, you might be thinking, what does that even mean, Ross? What does an asset have to do with blogging? Well, when you acquire an asset, let's say you buy a stock or a bond or maybe even crypto, you have an expectation. You have an expectation that thing that you created is going to drive ROI, that you are going to get return from that thing that you've created or that you've invested in. I view blogging the same way. If I'm going to invest hours in creating a blog post, I'm hopeful that this piece of content that I've developed is going to have return for me as well. That's why I call it an asset. You want to create assets through content. Assets that can pay you for a very long time. How do you do it? Well, these are a few of the things that I like to consider. Specifically, there are five key things. First, you need to create something that is hard to replicate. Something that an AI can't just go and create by you asking it to do so. You want to create something that requires creative thinking. Something that requires strategic thinking. Something that requires work. And that takes me to my second point. Pieces of content that generate the vast majority of income for a foundation that is not from referrals or word of mouth or prospects that way, it's pieces of content that go in depth, that go in depth and provide research that you would probably hire an analyst to give you. Is the information that you're bringing to life Hard to find? Is it difficult to pull this type of data and insight and give it to your audience for free? Is it difficult? If the answer to that is yes, keep going. Is the actual piece that you're creating, the framework that you've developed, the brief that you've developed, does it sound hard to create this thing? Would the average writer look at it and say, I don't think I'm going to write this? If so, pursue it. That's a good idea. Is the content that you're doing and the research that you're creating to bring this thing to life, does it feel proprietary? Does it feel like you might be even sharing some secret sauce? If so, chase it. You're on the right path. These are some of the questions that we ask when we're developing that research part of a blog post. Are we going deep enough? Are we providing insight that is so deep that we're actually pulling things that most people would never even think of pulling. For example, not exactly in the Canva piece, but in another piece of content, we went out and we looked at all of the job descriptions for our company. And we analyzed where they were hiring. We analyzed what roles they were hiring. We even looked as far as going to the actual people who were employed at the company at the time and looking at their LinkedIn. Why? Because you'll be surprised how much information you can get from somebody's LinkedIn profile. On their LinkedIn profile, we found one individual that actually listed how many pieces of content they were required to publish every single week. They also listed how much traffic these pieces were generating, what the growth was like over these few years. They provided all of this information publicly available directly on their LinkedIn. It was amazing to see. And we were able to take that information and incorporate it in another asset. And that asset, while it may not have generated $1.4 million, to this point, it's probably generated us about $300,000 worth of revenue, which is not bad for one, two days worth of work. 
Now, we don't just press publish on research and call it a day. We believe that marketing is built on the back of stories. So when we are creating these pieces, we have to inject, we have to apply a storytelling lens to everything that we do. Now, this is where a lot of marketers make a big mistake, a major mistake, a huge mistake that ultimately holds them back from ever reaching their full potential. And it's not their fault. When you go to business school, you're typically taught to write very standard business speak. You have to follow the MLA format and all of that good stuff. And your grammar has to be impeccable, blah, 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 blah. But in the real world, you're talking to humans. You're talking to people. You're talking to people who are essentially chemically the same people who were made up and obsessed with hieroglyphics and all of those stories, Aesop fables, all of those ancient texts. We always and forever will love stories. So if you can tell a story in a piece of content that is deep in research, that is deep in the analytics, into the data, you can stand out amongst a bunch of academic writing. Writing that is just like you would find in a lecture hall. Writing that might be very monotone and very to the point and not exactly that engaging. You don't want to do that. You don't want to fall into that trap. Instead, you want to create pieces of content that are going to resonate, that are going to really connect with people on an emotional level. That's the power of a story. But you also want to think about how can you take this piece to another level? One of the best ways to do that, one of the best ways to ensure that that piece of content that you've developed actually drives revenue for your business is ensuring that you are developing things that are worth giving their email for. There's always this debate of whether or not you should just give it all for free or whether or not you should ask people for their emails, ask them for their emails, get the email. The email is important. Why? Because once you have an email, you can not only send them that template that they've downloaded, that cheat sheet, that checklist, whatever it may be, but you now have an opportunity, an opportunity to nurture a relationship with that person over and over and over again. You can send them emails further validating your your authority. You can send them more blog posts that are high value, that are research driven. And you can send this to them directly in their inbox. And you can do this for months, for years, for decades. And maybe eventually they will consume so much content that they will feel like they trust you. And because they trust you, they're going to be willing to swipe their credit card with you. They're willing to get on the phone, have a conversation, send you a P.O., now work with you for years to come. PO means purchase order. You have the opportunity to do that. This is the world that we live in, folks. You have the opportunity to do this today. Now, if you're in B2B, my final piece of advice, and this is something that we try to apply in everything that we create that has this same intention of generating new leads is provide a little bit of theory and a little bit of tactics. Don't be afraid to stay high level where you're breaking down something that is one of the fundamentals, one of the principles of marketing, of SEO, of content creation, of audio marketing, whatever it may be. Don't be afraid to get into the theory and blend that with the tactics. That presents you with an amazing opportunity because not only are you being shown that you understand the macro level of a concept, an idea, and a space, but you also can get your hands dirty. And you're also showing people 
how difficult it actually is to do the thing that you do. Now, that's the last piece that is really important. It's, it's alignment with your own service or product. You're not going to make any money off of blog posts if you can't align your product with what it is that you're writing about. It's impossible. Sure, you could have some affiliate links going out to third-party sites and generate some revenue that way, but that's not what exactly I'm talking about today. I'm talking about how to generate a significant amount of inbound leads, inbound prospects, opportunities that close, maybe product sales, whatever it may be. If you're in the world of B2B, if you're even in the world of consumer marketing, you can create a single piece of content that goes in depth and does these things. You can make a good chunk of change. For example, let's say I run a fitness company where I'm trying to train CEOs, C-suite executives on how to get in shape. How would I do it? What could I create? What it would be my $1.4 million blog post? I'm going to go through exactly the, the same methodology that we apply in foundation where we're creating content about B2B SaaS, make it around the fitness game. And I hope this is something that a few of you will find valuable, interesting, and insightful. Let's get into it. All right, so I need to start by creating something that is hard to replicate. How can I make something that is difficult in this industry? Ah, I got it. I'm going to reach out to 20 different top-level athletes. I'm going to reach out to them and I'm going to ask them a series of questions about their regimen, their diet, the way that they train, the way that they rest, the way that they heal, the way that they do what they do. I'm going to do something that nobody else has ever done. I'm going to also go and look at the history of their interviews. I'm going to watch interviews from when they were younger and they were training all the way through to when they were at their peak and learn from these interviews about their process, about the way that their process may have even evolved over time. This is that in-depth research piece. I might even go and see who was their coach at different stages of their career and can I research, listen to podcasts, learn about their coaches, and use that to guide additional insight around the piece that I'm going to create called I Analyzed 20 of the Top Athletes in the World's Fitness Activities and This is What I Found. Or maybe I do it for individuals where I studied the fitness approach of insert celebrity name here and this is what I found, whatever that may be. And then I tell a story, right? I talked about this earlier, but you do have to tell a story. So maybe one of these athletes, one of these Olympians has the ultimate comeback story where they struggled in one of their first appearances and then they came back strong and won the gold medal. What an amazing story. That's how I started. I would start it by telling the story about this person and how they use fitness, how they used a certain diet, how they used a coach to get to where they want to be. And then I'm not just going to tell you how they did it. I'm going to provide you with templates so you can do it too. You want to improve your diet? You want to get on the insert celebrity name here's diet plan? Here is a grocery list. Here is their workout plan. Here is the meal plan. All of these things would be accessible directly in this one piece completely for free. And I would share everything from the theory all the way through to the tactical side. On the theory side, I might talk high level about calories and how it varies depending on your goals of your health, where you are, um, where you sit today in terms of your weight, your goals, blah, blah, blah. All of that theory I would include. 
But on the tactical side, I would get down into the details of how many grams of protein do you need? Carbs bad. Are they? Are they great? Should you use them? Protein shakes. Should you do them? Should you not? What what should you take from a supplement lens? All of this detail I would break down in this piece of content for free. And I'd give it away. I'd share it. I'd promote it. I'd distribute it. And I would hope at the heart of this piece, I would be adding value to the lives of every single person who read it. That is the ultimate thing that differentiates a $1.4 million blog post and something else. You need to ensure that the piece of content that you're developing, the story that you're telling, and the research that you're doing has the intention of adding so much value, so much insight, so much interesting data points that they've never had before that they have no choice but to reach out to you and say, thank you, or can we work together? And when you find that, when you have unlocked that opportunity, when your content is that good, it truly does change the game. It changes everything. So with all of that said, you still need to know how to sell. You're going to now get people knocking on your door. You're going to get people interested in learning about your business, learning about your service, learning about your product. And your job at this point is simple. Communicate that value. Show them what you can do for them. And ensure that it is aligned exactly with the piece that you've created. A foundation SEO, content marketing, content distribution, backlink acquisition, that's our bread and butter. So it makes sense for this piece to be able to generate ROI for us. Now, if I created that fitness piece that I just described, I'm probably not going to get any type of ROI beyond a whole bunch of people saying thank you, unless I rolled out a new product that happened to serve this market, serve this industry, a digital product or a physical product, it doesn't matter, a service even. I would have to offer something of value to be able to extract value from that piece or I fill it out with affiliate links. Now, When I say content can change your life, I'm living proof. And I ask you simply one question. What is holding you back? I really do hope that it's not the fear that somebody that you're already connected to on social media is going to judge you. I really hope that it's not going to be fear that one of your colleagues is going to come across this piece of content and think that you're a little bit weird for doing this. I hope that it's not fear because a lot of people are held back by fear. Fear of being judged by people saying that their ideas were bad. Fears of being judged by their parents and being told, "Eh, I don't really think this is a good idea. I think you should do something a little bit more steady. Or fear that they're going to be proven wrong, that their ideas weren't actually that good. These are all valid. These are all valid feelings that you can have but they're also a wasted feeling. One piece of content can fundamentally change your life. One piece of content can fundamentally change the trajectory of your career. So don't hold back. One great piece of content can give you the opportunity to create a great life. So don't stop. Identify an opportunity and go chase it. Go and create something great.
Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, I really appreciate you and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down.